episode 228, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 5, episodes 1 and 2, Orientation. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome back at long last. We are back again to talk about the the people who brought us to the podcasting table in the first place. And that is the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yes, we started podcasting before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started because we were doing the movie thing. And the movies are what caused Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to exist as a TV show. But we would not be doing this podcast were it not for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And since we are doing this podcast, it is nice to be back. The team is back. Colson is back. All those people, except for one, are back. And you know who else is back? Not not Daniel, but I've got low rent TV, Daniel. No, that's Evan. I've got <laughs> I've got Stu and I've got Samantha, and we are here together. You guys, are you Yay, ready? We're back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Finally. This is just I have been waiting for this. I have mm-hmm. sure we've enjoyed some Netflix. Yes, we've watched mm-hmm. Inhumans. And yes, we have uh, been impressed with uh, Runaways. And yes, Thor Ragnarok came. We went and we saw it and we saw Spider-Man too, right? This summer? Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that yes. was yeah. a, a lot has happened since we last saw <laughs> our friends from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But we're back. They're back. Yes. And we are here to talk with them or talk about them, not with them. That'd be awesome. If we were talking with them. Yeah. 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 To talk with each other about them. And mm-hmm. we burned off the news by doing that emergency episode in the craziest week of recording and releasing <laughs> in Welcome to Level of Seven history. Uh, all that stuff has happened. But we are just going to now be able to jump right into things. And we have some feedback at the end of the episode. So a Facebook message and some some emails. Uh, to to talk about, but yeah, Stuart, Samantha, shall we jump in to Agents of Shield in space? <laughs> in space. Let's... Well, I'm. It's so cold that I I feel like I've been suited up for outer space. So yeah, let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. And so we get to now turn over to, we haven't done it in so long, the mission report. Yeah. Mission report. Okay. So this is actually two episodes in one. And it's pretty clear, like right in the middle, you could feel that it was another episode that was starting up, especially when uh, the voiceover came and said, We'll be back with another episode. Of yeah, right. <laughs> um, but they released the first 17 minutes and I watched that when they released that first 17 minutes and I 
got so excited because it was a really strong 17 minutes. Um, I, I think I'm, I think it's fair for me to say that it was a really strong two hours. Uh, would you guys agree? Did, did you Absolutely. expect anything like what we got? No, I, um, this exceeded my expectations. Um, I was looking at the IMDB pages for both episodes a little while ago. Um, orientation part one was rated 9.4 out of 10 stars and orientation point part two was rated 9.2 stars. Yeah. I, okay. In the 17 minutes, there was some hints dropped about maybe, um, being the future or you know, felt like it could have been in the future. And of course I didn't know where they were going with it, but that got me excited. The idea of moving to the future. I've said it. I don't want time travel in the MCU. I've, I've said it before and suddenly they give me time travel and I'm all, uh, okay, I, I will, <laughs> I will take time travel in my MCU. Um, well, well th- that's, you got a problem because there's a stone that, that is dedicated to, controlling time in this universe so you're going to have time travel eventually yeah yeah i mean it's controlling time though i mean it's it, there's slight differences to be, ah, between true. that and time travel but uh, i mean i love time travel i i sincerely love time travel my first book that i wrote and and published uh was a time travel story and uh, I love time travel. Um, I've loved it since I was a little kid watching Voyagers, which if you guys remember that show, oh yeah, uh, man, I, I loved that show and I watched it every week religiously when I was a little, little kid. And then whenever I could catch it in syndication, I was so excited because there's only one season when it came out on DVD, I immediately went and got it because I was, I found out about it on one of those websites. It's like, TV on DVD.com or something like that. And I think that actually was the name of the website, but anyway, go ahead, finish your story. Anyway, that, that is the end of the story <laughs> is that I, I love that show and I love, I love time travel. I just haven't wanted to have really what I want to avoid is, you know, alternate f- histories and, and alternate versions of characters, which we've talked about before. Like, you know, I, I don't want to see a story with, with young Tony Stark interacting with present day characters because of alternate universe created by time travel. I, I would much rather just stick with a straight line and let's, let's go with it. But now we're in the future, man. We are in the future and we are in space and it was so good. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, it really comes down to time travel done right. You know, if you have, yeah. if you have a good solid story and you abide by the rules that you set down, whether or not you tell them to us or not, and those rules are good rules, then you're okay. But if you start playing around with things and, and changing things up and having, you know, saying that they're in purgatory, but they're not really in purgatory, then you have problems. The, the, the thing is, though, I mean, I enjoyed this episode. We still have no idea you know, how the time travel works and, and how. Like, Absolutely. Like, are they getting in a DeLorean? Are they slingshotting around the sun? Do they climb into a police box? None of those are none. Of, we don't know. Well, I mean, we do know there's a monolith, but there is a monolith, but we don't know the rules of it. And, and so the thing that makes me a little bit nervous is this feels like we're, we're, <laughs> 
this feels like we're in an episode of Voyager potentially. Um, mm. And the way that works is all these bad things happens and then time travel reset to beginning. And they did it more yeah. than enough times on that show where, I mean, the year in hell was yeah. one of the greatest Voyager episodes until the, the end when they minutes. reset it. Yeah. Yeah. They should have never I reset am, it. Honestly. I am a little worried about that. Um, you know, I'm a little worried about the, the, the MacGuffin of what looks like to be this first part of the series. If, I mean, we don't know if it's going to be pods or whatever, no, but for the said. first part, yeah, for the first part of the series, um, there is a big earth shattering thing that, uh, kind of suggests you know that it, it I, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to play into infinity war is all i'm going to say yeah yeah we, we've got actually some some uh listener feedback about that so we can maybe wait and talk about how, yes how the the infinity war tie-in when we get to the listener feedback um yes. or the potential i should say infinity war tie-in um but i mean let's face it this is not this future is not going to stay the future. Oh no. They're going to fix it somehow. And that's, uh, what would make it interesting is, you know, how the, what we, we can pretty much guess they're going to fix the future. Earth Mm -hmm. will not be destroyed somehow or another. The, what is there? It's all the how and, Mm -hmm. and the journey that's taking us there. And, and also the consequences afterward, uh, that's the thing that bugs me about like, like those episodes of Voyager where they go through all the stuff and then the consequences are nothing. They just reset back to the beginning and they don't even remember that it happened often. And here, well, I, I, the consequences and the how, that's what's going to sell me on this. Um, and, and following the rules, like you said, Stu. And, and to be fair, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is or this show is about consequences. You know, one thing builds on another, um, Gemma being locked away on a, you know, uh, inhospitable planet forever. And then coming back and being scarred emotionally and then being, I mean, this show has been built on consequences. Cause and effect happens in this show. So whereas it didn't happen in Voyager as per mandate of the, of the showrunners. Well, but that was, Um, and part, part of that was Voyager was episodic. And so, right. you know, you, right. They're, they're throwing it out there so that basically you could catch any episode and you're okay because you know, here's the cast, mm-hmm. they're trying to get home. And at the end of the episode, things are back to normal. And it's, yes, they, mostly, they gave, yeah, yeah but they, they gave some extreme versions of resetting it back to normal at the end of the hour. Yeah. Uh, where it's just all the, yeah. it's not just reset back to normal. It's like, it's completely erased. This episode never even happened as far as anyone is concerned on the show. Um, and, Our and captain turned into a lizard, whatever. <laughs> oh man. Agents of shield on the other hand, because of the serial nature. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing started with consequences where, uh, Colson died. Colson came back and they were, th- they, that would seem to be saying, Oh, there are no consequences. Death means nothing. No, his return but then, was full of consequences. Right. The whole first season was, you know, what is Tahiti? How does it play into things? Why are you even here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So time travel and outer space. 
<laughs> Here's the other I, thing. We've got some new characters. We have low rent TV Star Lord. We do. And we have um a spaceship. I, I call it low rent TV Milano. Um we <laughs> have low rent TV Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> um but we have all these things and and lots more humor. Um I'm just going to ask you guys, what do you think? Do you feel like this is coming from a mandate of, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok? Make it more <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I got to thinking about it. Uh, because the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been thrown into the future, I'm starting to lose hope that they're going to be involved with um, Infinity War because. That's in the past compared to where well, they are right now. So. But Infinity War is it's after or at the very end of season five here. So Black Panther is in Perhaps. February, I believe. Yeah. And then Infinity War is I don't know where that falls. I Infinity May? War is in May. OK, yeah. So. If I mean, they're still in, in the future in May, then. Well, we... <laughs> well, and then, yeah, that, then, and, yeah, then it really separates the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from where Infinity War is. If the, if they're still in the future in May, heck, if they're still in the future in like the beginning of March, um, I am I will put away my my uh, torch <laughs> for TV showing up in, in Infinity War because they will have explained it on the TV, you know. Join me. True. I don't want Join to. Join me on no. the dark side of. No. Will TV people be on the <laughs> Infinity War? Join me on the no. the dark side. No. Not quite. I'm still. I'm like Luke hanging in the um, <laughs> uh, in the cave, <laughs> kind of like hand upside down, trying to force grab the the lightsaber. Yeah. It sounds like you, Stu, are are like Luke hanging on the yeah. The antenna thing on, yeah. in the in the wind tunnel on Cloud City, and you're yelling, "No, I will never join no. you!" No, 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 no. When he's hanging on the antenna, he's saying, "Leia, hear me." Oh, and, I'm talking about yeah. the the walkway antenna thing. Oh, yeah. the, okay, okay. Yeah, you're Not talking about the, the under, City, yeah, the but, underneath yeah. antenna thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm still, I, I don't know, I'm still holding out hope, but I don't want to. Let's not dwell on this. Let's talk about what we got. <laughs> and I think what we got is, um, yeah, I would, I would expect that maybe there was, if not a mandate, um, definitely clues or cues, I guess is a better term, not a clue, but a cue um, taken from the guardians movies and Thor uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, and, you know, Thor Ragnarok wouldn't, have directly influenced this because it was probably in production alongside with, with a lot of what we're looking at right now. Right. But Thor Ragnarok came from that guardians of the galaxy mold and the guardians of the galaxy mold worked. And first one was a surprise hit. Second one was not a surprise because we already knew what we were getting into. And I, I just can't help but feeling we're getting a little bit of, hey, remember that movie that you liked? 
Well, <laughs> you're going to like this too because here comes someone who looks like Star-Lord and acts a little bit like Star-Lord. And, and might as well be Star-Lord. <laughs> it, it's not a bad thing. I, no, I, absolutely When, when I'm not. saying this, I, it's a little bit with a teasing tone. It's a little bit with a, a practical reality. Um, but I like it. So we've, we've got a new normal here. And and the new normal is we are on a space bunker. Okay, just the usage of the word bunker uh, to refer to this thing makes me wonder, oh, okay, is this like the Inhumans had a bunker, but it was on the moon? Yeah, there was, there was a lot of Inhuman connections, which makes me wonder if there was a mandate... <laughs> From the uh, from the inhuman side of things, where they're going, you know what? We need to start connecting these. Th- oh, but we're in the future. It's... I mean, that that's the thing is the whole reason why Coulson and friends could not show up on the Inhumans show was they were in space, is what we thought. But now we realize they were in the future. Of course, that means if they use time travel, they could be returning back to a time before. But we're not going to think about that yet because we don't no. know where this is going. No, we don't know what they're going to be able to return to. You know, some some time travel stories that I've worked on, you leave at one point, go back to another point, And then however much time you've spent in the past, when you return to the present, it's actually that same amount of time has passed in the present. You know, and, and so maybe it's something like that or maybe there's a specific start point that you have to return to. But um, the bottom line is we don't know any of those details. All we know is the revelation happened and suddenly I realized, oh, we are in the future. Mm-hmm. And then we start realizing, oh, this is Earth in the future. And mm-hmm. and then we realize, oh, Earth, they're not in a – we thought they were in an asteroid field. From the tag scene at the end of season four, it looked like they were looking outside at – or Coulson was looking outside at an asteroid field. That's well, Earth. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's Alderaan. I mean, it's it's the whole. If, if that's Earth and it's shattered like that, then yeah, it is now a t- asteroid field. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's yeah. they're they're looking out, and it is those are chunks of Earth, and the revelation. I think they did a good job revealing some of that. Um, I think they telegraphed a little bit of it, and and so then when it actually happened, you're willing to go along with it, and I feel like they did a good job of of making the revelation happen of, of, you know, May and Simmons are out in the spaceship and there's something floating by. What is it? A bus. There's a school <laughs> yeah. bus floating by. A bus. Yeah. A bus. <laughs> I, w- I honestly, I was, <laughs> I was expecting, cause at this point we knew where we were pretty much. Um, we were ahead of Simmons and May. I, <laughs> I was expecting it to be like, a landmark. Mm. Possibly, like, even, I'm, possibly I'm even the think- Statue of Liberty. And I was then, say, the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> and they blew it up. They <laughs> finally did it. They blew it up. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm thinking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They used to have an aircraft that they called mm. the bus. And then you see floating out in space part of a school bus. An actual bus, yeah. An actual yeah. bus, yeah. Yeah. A bus you really don't want to get on. No, no, because there's no oxygen and, in and, it. <laughs> and it might only it might be 
this might be a, an, a definitive article or an objective article um, situation because it might be the bus. <laughs> there might be only one left. <laughs> yes, or it could be just a bus. Maybe there's there's a second or third one out there. But then you see the Earth, and yeah. that was that was fantastic. Yeah, um, I was very impressed by all the special effects in this. Um, it, it just, we, we've come a long way from the really bad green screen explosion as they're as, actually, as they're jumping onto the bus, um, you know, in, in season one or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it was season two, but, uh, fantastic. I felt like we were watching a movie and that, that was my feeling for a lot of things that were happening in this episode, the script, the effects, um, it, it just felt like something more than just primetime TV. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was reminded of, especially with the with the broken earth, um, Titan AE. Did you ever see that movie? Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. the one. Uh, the one with it was the Star Wars for next generation, and it really yeah, wasn't. But that. it was a, still a good movie. And in that, they had a broken earth, and so that's what I was reminded of. I, I I don't remember that from Titan AE, but the broken earth here, um, the the whole time I'm just like, I want them to go there. I want them to go there. <laughs> I want them to go there so I can see what it's like. I want to see Coulson in a spacesuit walking on this earth that has no atmosphere, uh, but maybe is frozen right. in place or something. I, I want them to go there and <laughs> we, well, we'll see. I, I mean, mean, they've got spaceships. This, yeah. You don't, you don't put. Chekhov's broken earth out there without getting there at some point. No, you know what you do is you put Chekhov's postcard on. on <laughs> um, yeah. With, uh, that was one of the clues that it was, uh, this was happening in the future was that this postcard was so old and clearly this was a human they were talking to with, uh, uh, welcome to Lake Ontario. I think it was, um, or, Greetings from Lake Ontario or something like that. And mm-hmm. it came back later on as a note from Fitz, which I found really interesting. Like, how does Fitz fit into all this? Because he was not brought with them. But, in fact, the the alien guy at the beginning said, you know, he wasn't on the list, as in this was a predetermined group of people that needed to be um, interrupted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about the new normal then where we are. And one of the reasons why I think this will work as a time travel story is I think a lot of this is going to be just them spending time trying to figure out how to get back and stay alive in this mm-hmm. new place before, you know, they, they, they can get back before they find a way back. What do you think about this, this new normal that we're in? They are in a bunker in space where you have this kind of trade system going on with um you know water reclamation and going out and salvaging things from outside and the Korea running the show. Well I got a lot of alien vibes and firefly vibes, especially the episodes of Safe. No, was mm-hmm. it Safe? Yeah, yeah. No, Bushwhacked. I'm sorry. Regardless, it's it it's those episodes that were um, inspired by aliens right. <laughs> and alien. <laughs> I I feel like 
this is not a this is not a, a diss, but I feel like the the set that they're walking around in the bunker is just another redress of the set that they've had, which is a great way to do it. Um, the set that they had about fifteen years ago, which probably doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You mean from f- from Firefly? Right. I don't think this is a redress of Firefly. I think this is a redress of season four. <laughs> oh, I get you. Okay. Yeah. What, um, and and you, can, you can, it's pretty clear that they're like using segments of this and, and using it well, uh, the same way mm-hmm. you did on like your, your Star Trek or something like that, where Star Trek takes place on this giant ship that has, you know, just this miles upon miles of upon hallways, miles, you know? And so they, they shoot very strategically, and are able to make you know do a walk and talk scene where they're walking down hallway after hallway after hallway. Mm-hmm. It's the same hallway, just you know different extras walking by or different you know settings, and and that's a budget thing. And I, I feel like we're seeing a lot of things f- that clearly came from the budget here with the, the new effects and the new set mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But now at this point, I think we're going to be reusing a lot of this and and just coming back and you know they're in a bottle. They mm-hmm. they are in a bottle episode uh, for the season, and and you know not to get all like real worldy on it, but if this show was kind of languishing at the end of season four, and they said, well, we got to bring it back for season five, but we got to do it on the cheap. How you know what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? Having them create one set that they sort of have to live in. I mean, because they're not going to be going technically outside. They're going to be into like, there's no location scout. There's no location shooting. I, I think if they just, go on location, it's, it's green screen location, you know, right. With the, with the right. Spaceship in space. But mm-hmm. you know, and if they do go on to that piece of earth, um, it can just but be the, earth, you know? <laughs> right. They, yeah. There's, my point is though there's there's little to no uh well there's not gonna be a lot of going outside. So there's not gonna be a lot of locations shooting. Um they can put their money wisely into good special effects and make them really count. And so this um I mean, I'm making it sound like it's a cost saving measure and it kinda is, but I think it's used to good effect. Well, but even the special effects outside is mm-hmm that's going to be reused over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Whenever they do anything with any of the spaceships, they are basically, they've created a single set for, mm-hmm. you know, in the background, you have the broken earth and in the foreground, you have the space station or the spaceship and you've, they've just create these models and they're able to come back to those models over and over again. And again, cost, cost saving. They're able to, you know, just have that rendered and and ready to go with with their shots and i mean obviously things will happen and there'll be explosions and there'll be uh well i say i shouldn't say obviously there'll be explosions but it's a sci-fi show it's in space there's gonna be explosions i mean as i said there's (laughs) probably gonna gonna be be one or two explosions (laughs) so but the new normal beyond the practical side i i like this setting uh they have started over at zero though. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a pilot episode in, in a lot of ways because it sets up the main conflict. It sets up the, the bad guys. Um, it sets up a bunch of new allies and it sets up, um, 
you know, just the, the, the various factions and what people want and what, what people need. Um, and it sets up a completely new setting that we have never been to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is space in the future. Mm-hmm. How do they describe that in, in comics? Because it feels like that this is something that happens a lot in in comic books and not so much in television shows to have a complete, you know, reboot of what your show is just having the characters. I, they call it a reboot. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, I, this feels like that. This feels like it is a natural, um, it, it, it's a bleed in from, from the comic sort of, style of writing things well and what i was calling it uh you know because i am not going to do this for every episode of agents of shield but i did this for iron fist where it was uh the show title or as i like to call it um this one could be you know was orientation or as i like to call it agents of shield days of future past you know i mean this is (laughs) we're, we're in this dark future and how do we fix it how do we or how do we make it so it never happens and Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I am, I'm carefully excited, <laughs> you know, because this is something you could easily ruin very easily. Well, but, yeah, just, but it was fantastic. Yes. So that is the new normal. Um, let's talk about some new characters because the first scene is low rent TV, Vin Diesel. And he is <laughs> yeah. swimming and, and showering. And I was reminded of, again, this is going to date me. This is going to really show my age, but I was reminded of cocoon <laughs> where yeah. they wore rubber human suits. And, um, you weren't it, the only one. Was it Howie Mandel who was in that? No, I think no, no, no. It was Steve Gutenberg. Yes, it was Steve. Gutenberg. Oh, I was trying to think of how Mandel being in, like one of the older people. But yeah, it was the Goot. It was Steve Gutenberg. And he's like peeking through a keyhole. <laughs> he's a peeping Tom watching the lady <laughs> undress. And but then she actually completely undresses by taking off her skin, her human skin. And she's an alien and he sees that and falls backward. And she realizes, and I I was reminded of that where, you know, his clothes go on the, you know, it's like, he's throwing his robe, he's throwing his trunks and then there's his skin. And then they show him in the shower. The silhouette is just this weird silhouette. uh, Just this very thin and emaciated alien kind of thing, but he's going through his day and then he goes to work. Yeah, now is job? he is he supposed to be Cree? I don't think so because that's not the Cree body type. That's what I was thinking. But he we seems haven't pretty happy with his job though. Yeah, we haven't seen. I guess we have seen a bunch of other aliens and guardians, but we haven't really had a lot of aliens named. I I don't think this is a Cree. I think he's something else. But he's obviously got some sort of connection with the future. I I don't understand his relationship with with the future. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But um, he if he was Cree, all he would have to do is 
like put on flesh colored makeup. Right. And, and he'd be fairly able to, to fit in, uh, especially in Los Angeles. Um, (laughs) but here he is and he's clearly does not have a human body type, but when he goes to work, he has suit and tie. I mean, he's like alien agent of shield kind of thing where he's, he's there. The authorities are there. Um, they all go into the diner and sure enough, I mean, it's the same guy from, from last season, uh, just taking them in, freezing them and taking them in. And I might, I might have to go back and rewatch last season because I thought that diner was out in the middle of nowhere. I don't remember though. I don't remember seeing outside the diner. Mm, Maybe. And maybe I'm just putting stuff where it doesn't belong or whatever, but yeah. So what do you think? Theories about this guy? Uh, Any thoughts? Any, I I love the opening. It's a great Mm -hmm. opening. Mm -hmm. And, and when I watched that 17 minutes of the opening, I'm like, Okay, now I can miss the first 17 minutes, but I don't want to miss the first 17 minutes <laughs> if I don't have to, because I want to see this again. This was this was cool. And mm-hmm. it reminded me of the one opening with uh, Simmons, where she was just going mm-hmm. through her day. And and then we find out she's you know going to work and it's Hydra. Um, and it also reminded me of a couple episodes of Lost, where I, I think it was one of the Hatch episodes where they're showing um, what's his name in the Hatch and he's just going through his day. Listening to it was the ver- like very Jasmine? first episode of the hatch of season two, actually, okay. where you don't even see anything until almost. Well, it takes a long time to get there. It's all close ups and it's all just mm-hmm. this, you know, montage of, of things. That's what you get here. But it's all a montage building up to him going to work. And what's his job? Kidnapping agents of shield and sending them to the future using a strange looking <laughs> different monolith. Mm. But. Eerily similar, like different. No, don't get me wrong, but eerily similar. Like it had, it had uh, striations where that kind of was. It melted the same way. It did yeah. yeah. So yeah, but did uh, was anyone else reminded of the markings on this new monolith? Remind? Did it remind you of the stones from the Fifth Element? It did. Okay. <laughs> No, that's another one I haven't seen in a long, long time. Specifically, it looks it had the same markings as the Earth Stone, mm-hmm. which I don't, interesting choice. I, I'm not sure they're connected in any way. But, no, I don't think so. Um, but it's a it definitely has a the same sort of design elements to it. Ben, you should go watch Fifth Element. Not right now. No, I, it's a long movie. I saw but, it and I liked it. I've seen it three times. I think. Uh, but all three of them were like, what, 15, 20 years ago. And right. I, I liked it. I liked fifth element. I did. It's just not something I've been burning to get back to. <laughs> so. so what does that bring us to? I think that brings us to the story. Um, yeah. So pre-credits. Do you want to, get... do you want to talk about, Oh, Oh, go ahead. I thought we, I thought we were going through characters. So. Well, I was going through him because he, he was the beginning of the story. Ah, okay, yeah. go. So after that happens, Coulson and the gang wake up and in different places on a spaceship or space station, apparently. Um, and so when Coulson wakes up, he's in a room that has 
no atmosphere because the window has been blown out and it was done by two guys to get rid of the thing. Basically, we just missed the ending to Alien and Aliens <laughs> and Alien Resurrection. We, we, we just missed that which, ending. Which Joss wrote Alien Resurrection. So this t- there's another tie in. <laughs> True. He, he wasn't happy with what ended up on the screen from what he wrote, but uh, he did. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still have, there's a place in my heart for almost all of these alien movies. And yeah. And, and to be honest, there's a place in my heart that every once in a while, something bursts out um, <laughs> and leaves me a, a bloody screaming mess, but it's still and a place it, in like, my heart. D- oh it no, happen? not again. <laughs> <laughs> I love you that. beat me to it, Samantha. <laughs> I was going to ask if it tap danced off the screen. Off the uh, off the hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. Yeah, <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm just trying to think of now what other sci fi franchises can we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so things get complicated though, because when they are able to close the the uh blast shield or whatever, um, <laughs> one of the guys there knows him and says, You come to save me and you come to save us. His name's Virgil. Part of the greeting party, he's a fan. He says, I'm one of the true believers. Ooh, nice little nice little reference there. And um, Excelsior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when Mac comes and sees Virgil talking to Colson, <laughs> he just straight up knocks him out. And so Mac, Colson, they have a little cute back and forth. We're in space. Yeah, it makes sense. It's one thing we haven't done yet. Uh, Mac is going to be our breaking the fourth wall guy who is going to do all the meta dialogue and talk about all the stuff that we are thinking, but none of the characters should say except for Mac, who is a movie aficionado and who also has lived two lives now. And in one of those lives, he watched more movies and also learned Spanish, which is, was a nice surprise for Yo-Yo. I think that, uh, when he came back from the framework, all that time he'd spent in the framework, uh, he learned Spanish fluently. And that's nice. That's nice. Speaking of Yo-Yo, she arrives and there's a strange looking person who rises up behind her spookily. Uh, she gets ready to fight, but it's Gemma who's just wearing a gas mask because there's a bunch of dead bodies there. And those bodies are completely dehydrated. They have been drained of all fluids. That's not good. We need fluids to live. Uh, they don't know exactly what's going on. And then Mac and Colson and, and Yo-Yo and Gemma Simmons come back together. They talk about where, where are we? What part of space are we in? And Colson, I think it was Colson gives the answer outer, but um, yeah, that was a great line. Yeah. And, and Simmons is able to say, I've, oh, I've, I've been through this before, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, but then we cut back to the room uh, where Coulson originally arrived and the blast shield goes up and low rent TV star Lord comes in flying through the window, which honestly is the only reason we are calling him low rent TV star Lord is because he's wearing that mask and he's flying mm-hmm. in and, and he's wearing the brown duster. I he, mean, he he's, has the duster. Yeah. but if he just had the mask or just had the duster, we probably wouldn't be saying it. Or at least right. he wouldn't be saying it as much, but he had both. No, because if, if he had the duster, I'd say he was the MCU um, Mal Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you wouldn't be calling him low rent TV uh, Star Lord. You'd be calling him 
low rent other TV mouths. <laughs> that's right. Well, the, they had a movie, so I guess you could call them low rent TV uh, mouths. True, it's true. They did go cinematic. So no, because low rent TV mouth is mouth the same mouth. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, so from act one, then, as we start with that, uh, May has arrived in a place where her leg has been pierced by a metal rod. <laughs> and she pulls it out. Here's a growl, prepares to use the metal rod or whatever is banging down the door. But it's not the monsters banging down the door. By the way, there's monsters. And it is actually Lone Right TV Star-Lord. And he's got a dead body from that old room. He cuts something from the dead body, leaves. May relieved. She doesn't have to go into battle. Let's down her guard. But he's not actually gone. He's. He attacks her and says, I've been looking for you. So this is, uh, is that everybody coming back here? We're just missing. We're missing Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. And Daisy. Daisy. That's the one we're missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and basically everyone comes together fairly quickly. Um, Mac is, is panicking. Colson doesn't have his good hand. Um, Mac is like, I'm just going to quit. You already did. I didn't quit hard enough. Blah, blah, blah. They're, they they theorize. They hypothesize. There's nothing in space uh, about space and Fury's notes. I don't know what you think about that, but um, I, I figured S.H.I.E.L.D. would at least have something, and so did Yo-Yo. She always thought they had a moon base. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Spear. Moon, yeah. moon 13, moon base. <laughs> so... Oh, something just popped into my head. Yes. Okay, so what if on Inhumans, Maximus did have one Inhuman power? He could not die. I'm just saying, what if? I I don't think he did, but... I honestly... There was a point in this episode where I thought we we were seeing Maximus. uh, Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think I know where... There was a point in this episode where I was like, is that Maximus? No, it's not. I mean, they answered it pretty quickly for me when I actually saw the person. But when, when you first saw him, I was I thought it was Maximus. Um, that would have been good. I would yeah. I mean, not to say that what we got wasn't good, but I would have been OK with that. Yeah. Yeah. So they figure out that they're humans because greetings from Lake Ontario. But um, the that that's the postcard that Virgil's carrying. But Virgil, before he can. <laughs> Before he can say anything about really what's going on, because he's he's been studying them. He knows everything about these guys. He knows Mac's full name. He knows all their history. He always believed that these stories were true, which is what was, I think, the first clue for me was, oh, stories, that ragged little postcard. And, huh, this might be the future. But an alien grabs him, pulls him back classic horror movie sci-fi horror movie kind of thing and suddenly they're on the run from the aliens they're they're shooting the aliens are, are chasing and, and daisy saves them just in time as she is want to do she is she is and so i just wanted to throw out this as well during this whole sequence i am getting a serious 70s jerry goldsmith uh alien Star Trek, the motion picture outland uh, soundtrack vibe. Mm. Uh, these, these 70s sci-fi things that, that Jerry Goldsmith worked on who I love. I think he's fantastic. And I love his, his, all those music, the things that he did. Well, I'm getting it here. 
And I was trying to remember there was something else that gave me that, that Jerry Goldsmith sci-fi vibe just recently. And I, I, I still can't remember what it was, but here we are. And I, as the music is playing, I'm just thinking, oh man, this feels like we're watching alien. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the first one with the, the staccato flutes and, and just the kind of mysterious tone and, and then the aliens show up. <laughs> yep. 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 So they call them roaches and they mm-hmm. call them something else I didn't catch, but they do not call them the brood. So we will just have to wait and see if that's what they actually are. But yeah. Well, okay. we are not, we are, we are in a new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is something that they've done a good job of. Mm-hmm. Every season, we start out and it's just a new normal. And you're, you, we are playing catch up. Um, and, and in this case, we're playing catch up along with the characters. And that works really, really well. But yeah. Uh, as we go into uh, Act Two, May is dealing with low rent TV Star Lord. Because he stabs something into her wrist, into her arm. Not which. Not nice. If this is the dystopian, you know, this is a dystopian future that has to be some sort of body tracker that people can't get rid of, and that there's a black market to get rid of or apparently add. Yeah. So that's yeah. what this is. Yeah, and the others don't have this, and so this is again, this is a one of those checkoffs moments where. We see this thing. We understand it's important, but the others don't have it. Um, I, I, again, so then here there's more hypothesizing. And so this is more of the characters saying the things that we want to care. We want to say, are they still in the framework? And as soon as that question comes up, they're just, no, no, stop. no. <laughs> my brain hurts from that. Um, they ask, is this part of your deal with Ghost Rider? Which right, and I had forgotten all about me that too. little ghost rider thing until like that. I was like, "Oh, wait a second, yeah, yeah. that's a thing that didn't get resolved. We're gonna have to figure that one out." Yeah. Okay, so Simmons says, "Well, magic is just science we don't understand yet." Classic sci-fi Arthur's- line that you're gonna throw into. You know, I mean, it's not from sci-fi, but you throw it into sci-fi to MCU things, right? And this is Max's reply. We just got blasted into space by Stonehenge and we're ruling out involvement of a demon from L.A. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to call it magic. So which that reminded me of, you know, Doctor Strange and, and those types of. Well, I guess that movie specifically and Thor <laughs> Thor was where they and first Thor. bring that up. Yeah, Thor, the whole um, Asgard being, you know, magic and and. What we would consider magic, but science. So, so they're going to split up. And, and that's Mac, always, that always works out well. <laughs> well, Mac is very quick to point that out. And so they, <laughs> he has his opinions. So they cut to them not splitting up. And my mind is just, they're walking the halls like Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby, the Scooby, Scooby gang. Dude. And they're just like all not quite hunched together, but. They are. The, Coulson's line's the best part about that. This is the coolest we've ever looked. Yeah. <laughs> I did love that bit. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I also like, though, is that they use uh, Yo-Yo to scout ahead. And that is 
the other thing that I'm thinking of here is is kind of your your dungeon crawl, where you have all of your different roles <laughs> for your different people in your role playing game, and this is where you use Yo Yo with her power. Oh, okay, this isn't really what her power is used for, but let's use it for that, you know. And just right. they're they're using the personalities, they're using the power sets, they're using the skill sets really well. They got I, I they just, got their tank in the front. And they put their healer in the back mm-hmm. and their sort of leader in the back too. And then they also have their scout who's running ahead and running back and, mm-hmm. and, you know, using the, the sneaking skills or whatever. But, um, yeah, but then this is where the end of act two is where Cree arrive and mm. they, they realize, Oh, this was built by humans. They find a computer and it's using English, but the computer does not allow human access and then this is where we see that the Cree come in. And that is a very well thought out plan of, you know, production thing, right? That, that is, how do we get, how do we exposit our, our, we need to get exposition across the screen. How do we do that? Well, let's put some stuff in English, but they're on a spaceship. Well, let's have the spaceship built by humans. <laughs> and just overrun by Cree. That makes perfect sense. Makes it easy to explain things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is good writing. It, it's just mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. They get recaptured by the Cree though, and yeah. they're talking about how they've removed their metrics, which is the thing in their wrist. And Coulson and and Daisy and Simmons are put into a jail cell. And uh, low rent TV Star Lord comes into their cell, fast talking, telling stories, and bribing the guard, who lets them go with low rent TV Star Lord to processing. Um, so there's still some things I'm, that we're not quite understanding. Not everyone has these these things on their wrist, which means are there more colonies? You know, are are there other places, other bunkers? But um, Virgil owes. Low rent TV Star Lord for finding the team, uh, and so he's done with them because they can't pay him. But then they hear screaming, <laughs> and it's um, it's Mac and, and Yo Yo. We'll get to them in just a second. Daisy goes to get Mac and Yo Yo after convincing Coulson not to go with her. Coulson stays behind and grills Deke because Deke uses or they use the thing that he used on May to mobilize her against the wall, uh, the magnetic thing and he's like what do the Cree want and they just want submission but May and Simmons realize that there's a lot of Cree at this place and they're wondering if this is a staging ground uh, they're still thinking they're in the present and if it's in the present this could be a staging ground for a Cree invasion and they're going to go to Virgil's ship and scout things out Mac and Yo-Yo meanwhile are hanging by their hands Mac learns Spanish in the framework and he talks to Yo-Yo with that Spanish because the Cree understand English but not Spanish Mac does a great job getting used as a human punching bag, but they stop because they're going to make him a gift to Cassius. And instead, they begin to torture Yo-Yo by freezing her hands. Which that was a weird. That's weird. I mean, what does her hands have to do with with her powers or or her ability to be powerful? I guess I don't. Think I don't I'm, think they know that she has a power and. I was also bothered that we don't see any damage to her later in the episode. 
because that can yeah i mean that could they could depending how cold that freezing mechanism was i mean they could they could freeze her hands right off of her body freeze ray that was tell your friends that was the ultimate plan was freeze her hands until they shatter and she falls you know i mean yeah but we don't see any damage to her hands in the next scene no, I, I don't know. I don't even know if we see her rubbing her hands together in the next scene. Yeah. Right. Of course, this might have been a production issue. They didn't know what they were going to, how far it was going to be, and they had already filmed other scenes. So maybe it's just something that they decided to ignore in the story. Or it could be a cut scene, even. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about Deke then? So Deke is here. He's kind of, I mean, he's low rent TV Star Lord, but he's he's a Han Solo kind of guy. We don't know exactly what is driving him yet, but clearly money is a big part of that. Are you, are you, are you with this guy? Do you like him? Uh, it took me a while to like him. I think part of it was having to get over the fact that he's a low rent TV star Lord. But (laughs) once I sort of got over that, I was able to sort of see him as a new, as his own character. Um, I'm still not sure we should trust him as loyal agents, but you know, we're in space. What you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up right there. Stu, that, that sums up everything. We're in space. What you going to do? You know, like yeah. that's <laughs> well, <done>. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like my, uh, space rogues. So I was totally on board with him. Uh, I, I also want to talk about Virgil. Yeah. Or Virgil. We have a connection to Once Upon a Time. Oh, really? With this guy. Yeah, the actor. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Denise Actinese. Um, I am so sorry. I apologize if I screwed that up. Um, he played Aladdin last season on Once Upon a Time. Huh. And... Everybody that listens, we are on the Noodle Mix Network, and our sister show, Once Podcast, covers Once Upon a Time, and it's a fantastic podcast. It's a lot of fun. They are very intelligent and insightful about the story, and I recommend if you like Once Upon a Time, go and check them out. Yes, they they cover Once Upon a Time, but not this week, because we took the time slot for our special (laughs) two-hour episode, which, to be fair, they did to us, too, but... yeah. When Inhumans was done. But. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I liked uh, Deke at first. I liked him when he first showed up and started talking. And then <laughs> slowly I started not liking him. Uh, not in a bad way. You know, it was it was like, oh, man, this guy. Uh, he's he's not trustworthy, you know, and. OK, so what is this guy? What is he going to do? He's, he's doing the right thing because. He's going to get paid more. Very Han Solo, you know, it's just mm-hmm. the whole she's rich and <laughs> yeah. Well, how rich? Yeah. <laughs> We're more wealth than you can imagine. Well, I don't know. I can imagine a lot, but. Oh, I do to... hope that Matt calls him Han Solo at some point in the season. I really do. Uh, yeah. Just that for the heck of it, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I. Slowly over the course of these two episodes, I just started not trusting him more and more. And of course, that's going to be a that's his arc. 
you know, is right. is as we learn more about what he's actually about, his arc is going to be us figuring out what is he truly care about, you know, because if money's all you care about, then that is what you will receive. But um, <laughs> but then also overcoming that and coming around to their side. Uh, although he has reason not to trust them as well, which we'll we'll get into when he has his conversation with Daisy. But meanwhile, in Act Four, uh, May and Simmons are trying to fly casually, and they they fly the low rent TV Milano out around. And this is where we get the revelation. This is the revelation, and the episode ends on this revelation, basically where. They realize they're at Earth. They Earth has been destroyed. The this bunker was built ninety years ago by humans. And Colson's well, that's not possible. That would have been, you know, nineteen ten, you know, and and they're like, No, 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 no. This is the future. You're ninety years in the future. Uh meanwhile, Daisy is rescuing Mac and Yo Yo, and there's an exciting fight that ends with them killing the Cree. And now they can gain access to the computer with the dead Cree's hand. Um, but everything's been repurposed. This was not what this was originally built to be. This was not built to be a spaceship. It was built to be a bunker on Earth. And it's, what do you think about this whole act? The, just this revelation. I, I, I've, I spilled my, my feelings about it, uh, 20 minutes ago. But how did, how did this play out for you? How did you feel about it as it was playing out? I think it was played out, uh, the timing of everything was, was exceptional. You know, they Marissa and Jed really did a good job of plotting it out so that the reveal of the broken earth made sense and was on cue and was a good time for it. Um, and then, you know, you get into the second episode that has more, plotty things right the first episode is definitely about where we are and what we're doing the second episode pushes us forward as far as who's doing what to whom yeah and what are we going to do here (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and i'm glad they did and why are we here yeah i'm glad they did this as a two episode thing because i would i would that that cliffhanger would have driven me crazy (laughs) samantha what do you think about the revelation here I love how they pulled it off. Uh, I was totally going for the um, the notion that they were elsewhere in space. Um, though I did miss, there's a really good foreshadowing earlier that I, I mean, there's there's several foreshadowing bits that they were actually in the future and not elsewhere in space. Um, for example, Max said, as you said earlier, I quit, and Coulson says, "You quit years ago." Uh, so. Uh, you know, years as in what quantity, you know, that's, that's kind of ambiguous. Uh, but that switch up, it, it, it was well done because it it was unexpected in that twist. Uh, I did not see it coming at all. Really. I was just along for the ride and well, bam, I was hit with it and, but when they got to that point where Simmons was saying, okay, I recognize the constellations. I was like, okay, that's weird because if she recognized the constellations, yeah, she would, she would be in the same galaxy, but 
very likely towards Earth. And I was like, yeah, wait, yeah. hold on. There's something wrong here. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was I, I was <laughs> blown away. <laughs> <laughs> Did it shake you? Did it quake you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I and for me, even as I was piecing together, okay, so they're in space and they actually might be around Earth and it seems to be the future just the the vision of of the broken earth was like it, it was a wonderful moment in TV. It it just was. So then we move to episode 2, so act 5 now. Um um, can I say one more thing? Oh yeah, go for it. Um, I'm a little upset that after seeing these two episodes, I'm a little upset that ABC moved Agents of Shield to Friday night because this is not this is worthy of Tuesday night, not Friday night. This is really good stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is this is them saying, "Hey, <laughs> uh, you thought Ghost Rider was good, and you thought." everything else was bad. We're, we're just going to really outdo ourselves with <laughs> a fun and funny script and yeah, yes. some really neat stuff. Uh, so back on the station, um, we ne- we meet a new character and that is, that's Tess. And, um, Tess is upset because she, the, the trawler is what they call the, the spaceship that they use. Um, cause it goes out and I guess cause it goes out to like fish for water or something. But, um, she, she's upset that Deke took out the, the ship, even though he didn't do it. Um, but he gets Deke, she gets Deke to stay for double the price. And uh, so Deke goes to help <laughs> Daisy Mac and Yo-Yo, and he just goes nuts when he sees they've killed two Kree, because that is not going to be good. If they find out these two Kree are dead, they're going to they're going to take it out on on the rest of the people. And this is where we get more of the story about the Earth ripped itself apart, and the Kree came in to re- help restore order. Um, they kept people focused on the future and, and allowed them to, you know, have something to live for. So, again, now we're getting more motivation for just what's what's driving this world that we live in this new world that we find ourselves in. Um, yeah. I mean, from here, there's all, this is where we split up a little bit more too. Um, they aren't going, um, should they split up? Never split the party. Never, ever, never split the party. Not do that, but, but they do. And, uh, Tess takes Colson to Virgil's place for answers. They find some bits of information that, that he has there. And there's a lot of artifacts. Um, Virgil is a man after Colson's heart with mm-hmm. his collection of stuff. Um, but Simmons and may are observing things about the tech. And then this person called Sonora arrives and gives food and people start fighting over it. And an honored one who is a human who works for the Kree gets stabbed. She kills the one who did it with her stress balls of death. And Simmons can't help herself and helps the stabbing victim. And so Sonaris takes Simmons because she cauterized the wound. Um, yeah. So now we've got some visions of our bad guys. Sonara with, I mean, it's, 
this lady is um oh, what's his name from from Guardians of the Galaxy with the the whistling oh yeah arrow. yeah so she's our our low rent um uh, I can't, I can't remember his name I can't either hold on I got a comic book Yondo yep Yondo yeah low rent TV Yondo she doesn't have an arrow she doesn't whistle. It's stress, but she's blue. It's stress balls. And she's blue. She is blue. <laughs> she is blue. But I will never. I mean, she's, she's just rolling those stress balls around, just keeping herself really calm, and then <laughs> lets them fly. And it's brutal. Now, brutal is, Yondo, is Yondo's Cree, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Hmm. He's not in the in the comics. He's not. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if they make him Cree in the the cinematic universe. No, he's Centaurian. So are you telling me there's two blue alien races out there? Apparently, he was mm. a Cree battle slave. But. Yeah, they they say he's a Centaurian. Yep, not yep, not Cree, not Cree. Okay, well we've settled that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so then, um, there's a fight that breaks out, and her and the the anointed is is hurt. Gemma fixes. Because that's what Gemma do. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Gemma doing that? <laughs> well, of course she does, because she's Gemma, and Gemma will fix anything and everyone at the at, even at the expense of herself. Yeah, not a low profile though. They are definitely yeah. not keeping a low profile there. But that's also what Gemma does, right? Gemma f- is kind of like a minion in that way. She'll find the biggest and the baddest, and. <laughs> you know, sidle on up to them and help them where she differs from the minions at that point. Um, yeah. yeah so, but this is also the, uh, the story trope of um, the really smart person doing something really dumb. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause she just can't help herself. Yeah. Cause, Cause you know, she, she, pure. she has that PhD Yeah, and she's pure of heart and she, so she has to go and do the dumb thing that's going to get herself in trouble. And in trouble she gets. She's taken to Cassius, and for a brief moment, when he's standing there with his back to us, and he's wearing that leather duster Tunic jacket thing, thing uh, and his his hair, I thought it was Maximus. Totally thought it was Maximus. It would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to see where that went, um, and how do you get him out of the. The Inhumans bunker and into you know five hundred years in the future or whatever it 90. is. Five hundred ninety. It's yeah. fine, whatever. <laughs> uh, ninety years in the future, and and how do you do that? But yeah, that. Well, and, and actually, it. I shouldn't say ninety years in the future. The bunker was built ninety years ago. Right. I think that's what it was. But yeah. So so, what do we think about Cassius? It's interesting. I mean, he's the cultured villain of the piece, mm-hmm. you know, and 
uh, at the end of the show, the, the whole tag scene is that he's got visitors who come in a great big giant ship. And so I, I'm, I'm curious to see. It's just right, right now we're just kind of finding out the power structure and how does this work? You know, what, what is this about? And why are the Kree there? Why do they care? You mm-hmm. know, why are they even keeping the humans alive? There is no reason to keep the humans alive except for as like a, a slave class. And, but why do they need a slave class? Yeah. You know what I'm really glad about? I'm glad this wasn't, uh, Brett. It wasn't. Oh, what's his last name? I'm glad this wasn't Brett. Um, (laughs) Brett Dalton. Yes. Brett Dalton. Ward. Yeah. I'm glad this wasn't Ward. (laughs) That would have been really funny. Oh, gosh. Right. Hey, I'm back. If that was Brett Dalton, I would quit this podcast. Because <laughs> that would be just, I mean, it, I, I think it's fine that they brought him back last season. It was a really clever way to bring him back in one last time. But that was the last time. He, <laughs> yeah, it was the last time to, to, to resurrect that character. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, what I like about what they did with that was they allowed the actor to come back and actually be a character we care about again, you know, yeah. and, and like, and, and that was a nice thing just to do for him. But yeah. <laughs> so Daisy is running Intel. She's snooping around and she's finding Deke. And when she finds him, she falls unconscious and wakes up in a big open space. She's outside. Clearly she's in a framework style program is what, she realizes and she follows Deke into a bar and confronts him. And this is where we kind of find out what's going on with him. He's selling escape. He's actually selling the framework as, as like a drug. And he has rebuilt it from pieces of information that he's, he's learned about the past and uh, they argue and he's watching news and she shows up on the news that he's watching mm-hmm. in this bar. And it's because then he's like, okay, that's where I know you from. You're Quake. And you are what tore the planet up. What? 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 Okay. Uh, right. What does that mean? Right. You know, I mean, why would she do that? And so this is where they're setting up. First of all, he's not necessarily a reliable narrator when it comes to that point. He doesn't necessarily know what caused the earth to break apart or I don't trust him to know necessarily. Um, but if she is what caused it to happen, what's the, what's the story there? Right. The story in this is going to be very interesting to get to. Cause how do you get from quake being good guy to quake, you know, destroying the earth? <laughs> It, 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 there's there's any number of things that could have happened accidentally. She's trying to protect the Earth. Um, there's some people with uh, some feedback that we're going to read that, that get into some other ideas. So I, I'm going to hold off on some of that. But um, what do you think about this uh, framework opium den that they have? That is really interesting to me. I mean, because that on the face of it feels like it's a holdover from last season, but it feels like it's being used in an interesting way. 
and the Cree feel like it's being used in an interesting way. It keeps people mm-hmm. happy. They don't care. And now it really is a holodeck. On yeah. a space station. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> um, I'm selling escape. Mm-hmm. Selling escape. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of sci-fi movies that use this concept of selling escape, selling a, in, um, a computer generated world. Uh, or like access to one, like in Minority Report, right? So right. the thing, the thing that he took wasn't necessarily the computer-generated world. It was essentially acid, and he was able to sort of use three D manipulation to combine that with this, you know, alteration drug, and sort of put himself back in that in that situation, in that memory. Yeah, but it's also the bread and circuses idea of ancient Rome. Where give them entertainment, mm-hmm. feed them, and they'll do whatever you want them to do. Or they will just mm-hmm. leave you alone and let you do whatever you want to do. And that's what you see here. I mean, they, the fight that happens that the, the honored one gets stabbed in is Cassius is going to give you extra rations or whatever. And, you know, he's this benevolent person who's going to give you these things. And this escape place, this, this opium den, uh, where they can go and, and be in open places and, and experience the world of Earth and being outside of this tin can, so to speak. Um, it's, it's a wonderful thing as far as the career concerned because it keeps people distracted from the reality. And honestly, we, we talk about there's sci-fi movies that do this and sci-fi TV shows that do this. Uh, but we live in this, you know, I mean, in some ways, social media is this alternate reality that we can just escape into video games are the same thing. TV, uh, you know, f- for decades and decades before we were born, they were talking about TV being the opiate of the masses and and just causing people to to shut up and sit down and and just be distracted from what really matters. And I think the Cree see that they have a good thing going with the with the framework. It keeps people distracted from what really matters. And as long as they're doing that, who cares that they get that escape or that happiness for just a little bit of time? And Deke, <laughs> I think Deke feels like, who cares that I'm making money on it? Because <laughs> someone's gonna. Why not? Right. Absolutely. I think Deke is part Ferengi. yeah you know there's there's not there's something to his setup that is very similar to to quarks so Mm -hmm. yeah okay so then this turns into hunger games uh yeah yeah it 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 turns into hunger games so we'll, we'll talk now about our our team simmons we need to talk about as well but um May and Colson and Yo-Yo and Mac, they're going to get some tech. They steal uh, the the rolled up paper iPad. And and when they do, the message comes up, humans report for metric inspection. And they make a deal with this guy who's, you know, clearly he's he's kind of this, this underground um, merchant, so to speak, who has uh, extra me- metrics to put on. And... He he makes a deal with with Colson. I'll, I'll put the metrics on you, and and uh, 
you know, you, you just owe me. And so here's the deal. They scan your metric. And after they scanned everyone's metrics, I don't know why they even have to scan them because they, they then figure out who is the one who earned the least amount or something like that. And a life spent is a life earned. That's, that's their motto. And you must take a life. It could be yours. It could be someone else's. But if five people, if their lights turn red, that means five people must die. And those five people with the red lights um, are the ones who are, are going to do it. And so they start killing each other. Um, they, the guy who gave them the metrics, he attaches their metrics to the wall so that they are stuck to the wall by their wrist and this magnetic kind of thing going on. And a guy actually comes for them. He's, he's there to come after uh, Grill, I think is the guy's name. And Grill's like, I left you three people out there. You can kill them. And so he's like, okay, that, that's cool. Um, cause he, he hates grill because grill cheated him out of some money. And, um, the guy comes after them, may rescues them, but it's Tess who comes and just kills the guy, you know, cause this is the world that they live in. You, you, you kill or you be killed. You must take a life. Yours or someone else's. The Cree come to check on what's going on. There's the dead body. Good. That's, that's the last one. But Colson and, uh, uh, Colson and May and Daisy, their metrics. Um, is it Matt? Is it Daisy? Who was it? No, Colson and Yo-Yo and Mac, their metrics, um, don't, don't match. There's, there's nothing on them. And Grill tells them a quick story about, yeah, I'm, I'm rebooting it for me. They owe me and saves their lives. And so they can't be angry that he almost got them killed. <laughs> so. Yeah. What do you think about this? We turn into Hunger Games here or. Uh, yeah, Hunger Games, it's, something else. I'm trying to think there's another sci fi movie that kind of goes in there. but Well, it's just brutal. And at the same time, it's also kind of. It's a tactic from the Kree um, to control the human population, because instead of. Uh, allowing the humans to be angry at, at the Cree, the Cree are saying, okay, you, you got to kill or be killed. And so therefore the anger and the tension is transferred from Cree to each other, the other humans. And it's just, it's awful. It is. In it, the end. Very surprising turn for a really funny, <laughs> um, episode you know the, the the first the first part of this was funny there was really fun lines and fun fun colson stuff fun mac stuff and that's continuing and then all of a sudden it's, it's got the purge the purge that's the one i was trying yeah. to think of mm-hmm. it's the purge it's lord of the flies it's mm-hmm. it's the hunger games is anyone else getting a uh total recall not strictly but it's just a tone sort of vibe there is a there is a, a slight feeling. Yeah. yeah. There's the the anti Star Trek, you know, that that everything is kind of gritty and, and run down and stuff like that thought of the future. Yeah, and it's it's a bit humorous and odd and but there's also this very gritty, realistic, very harsh reality to it. 
to to their the world that they live in. Yeah. Well, well do you remember how they figured out that, that uh, Coulson and and the team might not be from their time? It was because they had matching buttons. Yes. <laughs> and because right. everything that everyone's wearing is stuff that's been scavenged. Um. Which you know when it when it comes down to it, this kind of uh dystopia that we have here in the future. Um, I don't mind watching post-apocalyptic movies and there's some really good cheesy post-apocalyptic movies and they all take place on earth, but it's like in the desert because the earth is now a desert and, you know, this is Mad Max and this is, you know, all these kind of things take place with, with like future barbarians in the wasteland kind of thing. Um, I really appreciate the idea of the, the broken earth because it, it's something new and different. Um, I still don't understand how humans are still alive and I still don't understand why the Cree want them to be alive, but I appreciate that this purge. However, like that's where it's, Oh, okay. This is something different now. And we, we are in a full on sci-fi setting. You know, this is agents of shield and they are moving into their own sci-fi setting of a movie. And with aliens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then Cassius, 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 um, brings yeah. in the guy that Gemma saved and he did, she did a wonderful job on his incision. <laughs> and then he, uh, he has another incision. Well, but it's, first of all, it's not quite as wonderful a job on his scar as the job that she did on her own scar when clearly her metric had been removed right. and there's not even any scarring, you know, I mean, this is, she is physical perfection. There's, there's no mm -hmm. blemish. And yes, the other blemish on the honored one, uh, it's on, it's on his face. Mm -hmm. Can't, can't be hidden. <laughs> So, oh, come on. Just a little bit of makeup. I mean, no one's going to notice. I mean, yeah, look but at him. That's the, his whole forehead is just makeup. Just <laughs> say, matching yeah. the gold, matching the gold is going to be tough. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you just use a little cover up, put a little gold back on it. It'll be fine. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simmons tries to think fast, but she can't save this servant. This guy's no longer perfect. And so Sonora or whatever her name is, uses her stress balls and they <gasps> kill this guy. And then, uh, Cassius puts liquid silver in her ear and she can no longer hear. Was uh, it liquid silver? Well, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like I she had it, a little bit of a, I tea. thought it was like some sort of parasite. Like, it, it oh, really, really reminded me. Yeah, it reminded me me of uh, Star Trek. Um, Wrath of Khan. <laughs> both Wrath of Khan and uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode Conspiracy from season one. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh oh gosh that that oh that I mean that scene where he puts that into Gemma's ear. Uh, I had uh, some serious flashbacks to when I was a kid, and that totally creeped me out from Star Trek. Well, uh, it looked to me like a T. <laughs> what t2000 kind of thing oh yeah okay there's there it is we've referenced another uh sci-fi franchise so thank you ben you're 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 welcome <laughs> um but anyway she can't hear now and there's something going on and so then 
they are making her up. I mean, they're she's an honored one now. And they're putting the gold makeup across her forehead. And um, she can't hear anything but him. So this is and, interesting. And yeah. It's... I thought it was like this perfect thing where, okay, your servant can't hear anything. Therefore, uh, your servant can't spy on you. So your servant can be in the place where you are making plans and schemes, but the servant can't spy on you and, and turn that information over to anyone. But this is maybe one step better than that because he turns around and, and as he like moves into view, his voice comes into focus. Oh, it's not just that she can't, she can only hear him. It's, it's, only when she's direct directly addressed. Yeah. And so the question is, is it a positioning thing or is it a, he wants you to hear? And I think it's, he wants you to hear. Yeah. And so yeah. he addresses her. And again, I think, I think this is as far as if you are going to be a fascist dictator, uh, who insists on having slaves in the room. Um, this is the great idea. You know, this is the million dollar concept. You go on Shark Tank with that and, and they're going to want to invest um, so long as there's enough fascist dictators to be able to, uh, you know, I'll just allow that that business to be a, a stable business. But um, it, it's a, a great sci fi concept here. And he tells her they're expecting guests and a spaceship pulls up outside. It's the guests. All right. Yes. And that's where we end, isn't it? That's where we end. And that's and I'm so, yeah. I'm so looking forward to the next episode. Oh. I haven't seen the next time trailer, so don't talk about it. Well, we oh, don't, I haven't we, we either. don't talk about it, Stu. We, we don't talk about I it. I know. I know. But that's, that's something we, we go out of our way to not talk about. That's true. Yeah. So I think clearly... Um, the next episode, if not the one after, we are going to see why the Kree want to keep the humans around. Because I, I that's so, not, that's yeah. not, yeah, I think so, because that's not something you want, that's not a story detail you want to keep hanging there for too long, or that you can keep, because otherwise you really don't have much of a plot. There are so many questions still, though. Yes. I, I feel like we got so many answers. That's great. We got these answers. I feel like it's great also that even as we're getting answers, we're getting questions and mm -hmm. it's, I, I, we, we've been gushing. I'm positive though, that we are not gushing because of our reaction to other shows. You know, this, this is honestly was a wonderful two hours. I might even say potentially the best two hours of, of ages of shield, if not the best, it's up there in the best five hours of Age of mm -hmm. Shield. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that other shows weren't totally fantastic doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, but this we, was a good. Hey, we already got Runaways though. Like, yeah, we, that's we already true. got. We already got the. You know, we have brushed our teeth, and and that's we true. have gargled, and we have gotten the taste out of our mouth with Runaways, and, uh, yeah. So here we are. Boom. And out of the gate, we get these two episodes and it's really good. Really good. Mm -hmm. So let's move on and let's get into our field reports, which I remembered what it was called. 
even though it's been so long. There were times when I would do it, you know, one week to the next and I wouldn't remember. But I remember this time, field report, because we got some uh, some feedback and we want to talk about it. Shield field report. All right. So there were some topics that we did not touch on because it was touched on within the field reports that we're going to get from some other agents. The first is from Hank Harwell. And Hank says, I had hoped to be able to call in after the season premiere, but I've been fighting off a cold-induced bout of bronchitis, so I don't want to waste any of my allotted three minutes in coughing. And I only read that to say, Hank, you know, if you call, you get more than three minutes. It's just if you are welcome to Level 7 staff that we really have to, to consider, do we give more than three minutes? But you can always call back. When the lady cuts you off, call back, and we will stitch it together. But I'm glad you yes. didn't call because I don't want to have to edit all the coughing out. So um, thank you for making my job easier there. So he says then uh, the fifth season premiere was amazing. There are still people trying to bury Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the show keeps getting better and better. The writing was top notch. And the questions posed by these first two episodes are setting up a deeper mystery that will be unpacked by the unfolding of the events. Why wasn't Fitz taken? How will he be able to help his friends who have been transported to the future? Will Mac get a shotgun axe? Also, I love the way the show is hinting at giving us a new bus. Could the event, and this is one of those things for us to kind of, kind of uh, touch on uh, that I mentioned earlier. Could the event which destroyed the earth be what Black Bolt hinted at when he told Maximus that he hoped that Maximus would never have to find out what the bunker on the moon was for? I can hardly wait to find out what happens next. Okay, let's park on that question. Could the event which destroyed the Earth be what Black Bolt hinted at when he told Maximus he hoped that Maximus would never have to find out what the bunker on the moon was for? Could whatever happened be related to the Inhumans thing that caused them to create that bunker? Of course I it say could. It could. Yeah, it absolutely could. Is it? Man, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to reference in humans um, because I think all the stuff that they were setting up in humans was set up for season two. I, I, I truly believe that mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. unless they were absolutely setting up a crossover, but I mean that, and that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Those DC TV crossovers are amazing and they're done very well and they have a lot of, you know, oomph behind them, but this isn't that. Right, so, and when Ming Na, am I saying that right? Ming Na Wen, Ming Na Wen, Ming Na Wen, when she was asked about a crossover within humans, her reply was, uh, "What was it, Stu? Uh, I think the show. Oh, um, um, <laughs> yeah. where's my hat? <laughs> Wasn't that show? Uh, I mean, um, no, that's information. You I know. like pie. <laughs> <laughs> her response was interpreted by some news sites. Uh, and I use that very news loosely, in quotations uh, to be uh, confirmation that in humans season two is not going to happen because it's been canceled. That's not news. The news is it wasn't canceled. Like that's where we're like, Oh, that's news. Interesting. So let's move on to mm -hmm. email. Also, oh, go ahead. I just want to say, Hank, I hope you feel better soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Agent Dylan writes in and says, agents. Oh, subject line, by the way, is Thanos connections. 
I wonder what he's going to talk about. He says, agents, I think there may be some Thanos connections in this year's shows. In Inhumans, they built a bunker to protect against a dangerous threat. Thanos, perhaps. Now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Earth has been destroyed. Everyone has a different theory. Derek, or Deeks, rather, is, is Daisy. Mine is two words. Infinity War. Also, during your trailer discussion, you had mentioned Harley Keener, Iron Man 3 kid. He is confirmed to appear in Avengers 4. Agent Dylan signing off. Really? I did not know that, Mr. Agent Dylan. Yeah, yeah, I had heard that too. And there's lots of speculation about what that means um, from speculation that he's going to be the new Iron Man to speculation that he's going to be someone who helps uh, encourage Iron Man to continue doing something or to speculation where it's just going to be a, a, a one-off scene. But so, yeah. so they can get the kid from Iron Man 3 to be to be in the movie but but you know daredevil they're like no we're just gonna do that fine fine you know here's here's the thing that i I, i'm hoping to try and do with you guys is i i want (laughs) to i want to take down your hope right i don't (laughs) want you to have the hope i want to break that but i don't want (laughs) to instill bitterness in you (laughs) you know I, i i want you to lose the hope but retain the youthful innocence that comes from where that hope came from. And I, I don't know if that's possible for me to do, but it's, it's my mission to do here. Um, yeah. The, the TV characters are not going to be an infinity war and I, I'm just going to say it. And, and if we're wrong, this is, this is the way I've lived my life. You guys expect the worst and you're not disappointed. And when the best happens, you're pleasantly surprised. Like that's Eeyore's guide to life right there. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully you don't have to get on a, on the freeway and drive over a, uh, a, a, a toll road to get to the, I almost said something almost. Where's my hat <laughs> to the expensive th- movie theater to the expensive movie theater. I'm just showing saying. the thing. I'm just saying. It, yeah, I know. You're just saying. <laughs> it's still gonna be good. That's the thing is, you know, they they may not be there, but you're gonna love the movie. I, I you, you're gonna love yeah, I, the movie. I, and I will have forgotten about this bitterness until the end, until the till the movie's over, and it didn't happen. And I was like, "Come on, guys, why didn't it happen? Love the movie, great movie, but really, you could have done that." All right. Well, okay. So the question here is. Could Thanos, could that be our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tie-in to Infinity War? Perhaps. We're in an alternate future where Thanos destroyed the Earth. And I'm going to say probably not. Because that that just feels like... uh, There's a lot. That's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. biting off a little more than it can chew. Right. What if, uh, for some reason, at the same time... Black Bolt spoke while Scott uh, Daisy was doing her quake thing. And that's what tore the earth apart. Uh, that could happen. What I mean, if, are you going to, what if it was a battle between them? 
What is yeah, but why would they battle? Black, I, I don't know. I don't. It's comic books, you know. They, <laughs> it's they meet sure. and they have a misunderstanding, and their misunderstanding results in a battle that destroys the Earth. But that that'd be a cool battle. Black Bolt versus yeah, it would, Quake. But Earth falls apart. Suddenly we've we've got a, I really an asteroid want, belt instead of a planet. I want Daniel's uh, boom right about now. Just boom. That's what I want. Okay, we're not going to have any more email. Yeah, we're not going to get Daniel's boom, but we are going to get two more emails. One is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. And this is from Jason. Mm -hmm. And he says, first confession, I haven't been listening because I plan a runaways marathon. Uh, I'm waiting for your Punisher episodes, but for now, my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. predictions. Fitz is communicating to the future by writing on objects that survived in the present. I'm hoping half the season is in the future and the second half is in the present, preferably after they save the planet and they decide to start sword for the second half in time for Thanos. Possibly. I don't know, but I trust the writers have something in mind with this blank canvas. Glad to be back. And absolutely. They have created a blank canvas. That they can do anything in because it's the future <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and it's an alternate future. I think is what we're going to find out they're going to they're going to erase this future somehow mm -hmm. yeah. but you know what would be cool is if before they erase the future they actually bring back all the people and it's so like all those people who are there on that in that bunker are able to be brought back into present day earth and and find new lives on green hills under a blue so sky. oh okay so um because i was about to say because these people are from the future so they shouldn't be in present day but MCU, but if if they're brought back by the agents, yeah, yeah, okay, brought back so, by the agents to a new present or or a present that's heading toward a different future. So Virgil can, you know, conceivably sit down and have a life, right? And he meets a girl, and he has, you know, they have offspring, and sooner or later they have Virgil. Virgil's no, dead because Virgil's dead. Okay. Sorry, man. But what if Deke goes back in time and meets a girl and Virgil is his grandson? <gasps> Except that's an alternate future Virgil. I'm your work. own grandpa. Yeah, it doesn't work. Anyway, no, that's not that's not his own grandpa. That's his friend's grandpa. Okay. This yeah. is more of a Terminator situation where he sends uh, back someone. But anyway, yeah. uh, sword, that'd be cool. Uh, creating sword in time for the Thanos situation. And maybe they're not there at, you know, ground zero with Thanos, but the, the absolutely could be dealing with some of the aftermath and some of the, you know, other, other creatures that are out there. Yeah. Um, isn't sword owned by 20th century Fox? Well, sword is actually from the comics. Okay. Uh, and, and that's the space division that's protecting earth uh, with, with shield. So you have sword and shield. Okay. Cause I, I thought I read online somewhere, of course it's online, so it can be very well wrong, but I thought I read today that um, they couldn't use that aspect of shield because um, 20th century Fox owns the rights to sword. Hmm. I, it's, it's so. possible. I, I'm not sure how that would work, but that's because, there's a lot of weirdness in that, whatever that deal is with, with who owns or who owns the, the rights to do something with what. So. Yeah. 
And like I've said before, if Disney wants it, they can get it. Yeah. Uh, also, this is, you know, that's the deal is <laughs> Disney is looking to buy all those assets from Fox. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens with that. But we could end up with a, a Disney produced aliens movie, um, which would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, and um, not at all connected to the ride that is now Stitch's uh, Great Escape. Not at all connected to that. <laughs> or not. So uh, the as for your confession, Jason, don't worry. Uh, you know, it's I'm planning the same thing with Star Trek Discovery. Um, that post credit that we did with the uh, the Avengers trailer episode. I, I said it, and I, I'm going to say it here now. Um, Runaways, you can go to anytime you want. All you have mm-hmm. to do is go to Hulu and sign up for the free month. And, and you know, if you just wait until Runaways is almost completed its run, it's only going to be 10 episodes. And so once they've released like episode eight, go get the free month and episode 10 will be released within your free month. And you'll have four weeks to watch those 10 episodes. And I highly recommend that series uh, to most people. And especially if you're able to get it in a free uh, trial period. I don't feel bad saying, you know, go for it, run, run, don't walk mm-hmm. and get that free trial period um, and, and, and start watching um, because and it's really as far well as, done. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as Punisher goes, that's, <laughs> you'd be waiting just a tiny bit. I haven't even finished watching episode two of Punisher. So, well, and, and that's the difference. And, and I don't know, just for some reason in my mind, as we're planning things out, Runaways, because it's coming out weekly, just felt like, okay, we should be covering that as it's coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Netflix makes it a little bit harder for us to be able to do something like that. Uh, if we were doing Netflix like that, we'd be doing three episodes a week. However, last right. week we did, what, five, six? I think we did like eight <laughs> or nine episodes in the last week. Um, but this is just the way the way that it worked, and, and we kind of divided the team out. So Evan was intended to be... <laughs> the primary uh, co-host on that with Samantha and Stu being the primary co-host here. Uh, But life happens. Evan got sick. So Samantha filled in, Evan couldn't do it uh, another time. So Stu filled in. And um, so it ended up being a little more spread out than I thought it was going to be. And that's not a bad thing, but um, Mm. anyway, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at doing. And and if we're going to do a third, (laughs) a third regular, regular thing, uh, it's probably going to be something for like Patreon or something like that, which we're not doing yet, but um, we are looking at trying to do some Patreon things with some exclusive content. That'd be fun for people. And it's not happening yet. It may not happen, but we're we're thinking about it. So, And unfortunately, Patreon does not allow us to uh, get donations in pie, which is our preferred payment method. Just saying. That is not my <laughs> preferred payment method. I, I just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Um Pi can't buy a new soundboard, but yeah, you know, there are other ways. If you do want to support the podcast, you can go to the welcome to love seven.com website and you can still um, get the Howard the duck commentary episode. You don't have to care about Howard the duck to, (laughs) to do that. And because at any price that you choose to put in um, you, you get that episode, but you can, you know, if, if you want to support the podcast, give us a Christmas gift or something like that. Um, that's, that's always an option, but the Patreon thing, we're thinking about looking at some, some new content and trying to figure out mm-hmm. how we can make that work. And Stuart had a great idea actually today that we might be looking at doing. So anyway, that's just something for the future and it's not something for right now. However, mm-hmm. 
for right now, let's talk about Agent uh, Dallas's message. This is our last one. Subject line is Infinity War trailer. Just some thoughts and questions I had while watching. Love this first trailer. Like Stu, I watched this many of times. I loved how this trailer told us a lot, but almost nothing at the same time. Nothing we didn't know already. First off, I want to know what that red planet is. Is it Earth after Thanos or a different planet? Um, stopping there, I do think that was Earth. I, I think it was Earth. You think it's Earth? Yeah, I do. With like a weird, oh. weird reflection of the sun. Uh, that, I that, think it. That's what I think it is when I see it. I think it's a, a distant planet that Thanos is coming from. Yeah, it could be. Um, it would explain the lighting and why he's a different color purple anyway. So, um, okay, going on. Uh, he says, loved seeing the three science brothers together. Also, Tony is holding the flip phone from the end of Civil War. Uh, I'm figuring he just called Rogers. Peter's spidey sense was awesome to see. Thanos looks intimidating. Who is controlling the Hulkbuster Mark II? Any thoughts on that? I don't know. I'm guessing. I Tony. think oh, I was going to say Bruce as Hulk. That'd be funny. Huh? That'd be I, that, really funny. That would be funny. The yeah. Hulk he, he, the he armor is him. <laughs> it's, it's either, it's either the Hulk or Baymax. It's really a toss up <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Uh, the next question, I don't think we have any answers for yet. And that is why is vision human looking? And I think that's the framework. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's uh, something to do with the story. That's, that's my guess. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanos already has power stone and space stone. So I wonder what happened to Xander. Um, where is Loki when he has the Tesseract? Also, this confirms that he took it in Thor Ragnarok. Um, where is he? I don't know. There's, I've seen a lot of speculation there. Is he holding it out to give to Thanos? Um, or is he holding it out to show someone else? Uh, the wide shot of the battle in Wakanda looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure if you've heard this theory that has been floating around, but I think that the soul stone will appear in the Black Panther film. I think it is either mm -hmm. powering or is hidden within Necropolis, which is the place that T'Challa goes to talk to past kings. So that is, I, I mean, purely meta. It would make sense that the soul stone shows up right before. Um, Cause that's the last one we don't know anything about. Right. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense. That it would show up in the movie right before infinity war. And, and that movie is by Panther. So, yes. Uh, and so I've got a stack of cloak and dagger comics that I'm going to be reading in the near future. And I also have a smaller, much, much smaller stack of, of black Panther comics that I've already read in the past, but I'm coming back to, and I'm trying to figure out, I, I'm not even sure what to recommend to people. Um, other than there's some really good black Panther comics out there that, and some of them, <laughs> some of them aren't actually just written by old white guys. Um, but even oh. old white guy stuff is is decent. But um, there was a run of Black Panther that I was following by Christopher Priest that was was really good. So, yeah. That said, that is our episode, <laughs> and whew, two hours of episode, it's a long one uh, from the TV show, but under two hours of of podcast episodes. That's that's actually a change. Uh, normally, our first episode about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, a longer one. but 
Yeah, well, but any, it is late. <laughs> any last thoughts about uh, Agents of Shield orientation yeah. part one and or two? Yeah, this season is really going to bring a whole new meaning to the Firefly term Earth that was. Mm. And as always, I want to thank everybody for listening and um, writing in. And I really appreciate people who write in. So yeah. keep doing that. Well, and now we're actually watching something that people are watching, right? That's true. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, the Netflix stuff, we don't get a lot of feedback on, I think partially because of the way people watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But this is actually with, within humans. I'm not even sure how many of our listeners were watching it. I'm really curious how many were watching it. Um, I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Watch it. It's part of the MCU. Um, but I don't enthusiastically recommend it and i definitely don't recommend going and and i'm not gonna talk driving about i'm not gonna talk about what i paid to see the first two episodes uh which were on tv three weeks later for free but there there's a whole episode dedicated to you talking about that ben <laughs> there is uh i mean there's a lot of mcu stuff out there right now and and i just you know some people ask how are we going to cover all of this stuff, you know, and, and my answer actually comes from, from Virgil. Uh, Virgil was a font of wisdom or a font of wisdom, whatever. There was a lot of wisdom <laughs> in that young man. He was taken away from us far too soon, but he, he gave me some wisdom that just helps me to figure out like, how are we going to cover all of this MCU stuff that's coming? That's, that's out there. We still have defenders and Punisher to get to and, and cloak and dagger is coming and, and there's movies. Uh, but, as Virgil would say, how do you eat an elephant, right? Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 you can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. MX. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey Ben, have you have you had a chance to watch Star Trek yet? No.